TG Geeks, episode 190, October 8th, 2018. Investigations, Waves, and Joshua Trees. Hello and welcome to another webcast from TGGeeks.com, where Ben and Keith, the two gay geeks, talk about all aspects of geekdom and nerdery. Sci-fi, comics, film, horror genre, you name it, we talk about it. I'm Keith Lane and we're coming to you from TG Squared Studios in lovely Phoenix, Arizona. And I'm Ben Raginton, also coming to you from a place where his head is now hurting after hearing that really weird stinger here in Phoenix, Arizona. Yeah, so we're, we're going, I'm, I'm going, what? <laughs> well, you'll find out in just a minute. Prepare for hyperdrive. In this episode... Yes. <laughs> Meanwhile, at the back of the Hall of Justice. <laughs> yeah. We have two interviews for you today. We have Susan Surftone. She was a former FBI investigator. Now and, a turned musician. And a turned uh, surf musician. She's so, awesome. Yeah. Pretty pretty cool. We got our uh, birthday shout outs, as always, our feature podcast of the week. Everybody's favorite, the feedback. And Joseph Gaxiola from the Joshua Tree Feeding Program here Joshua in Phoenix. Twee. Joshua Tree Feeding Program here in Phoenix, Arizona, and he'll tell you about that. And it's their thirtieth anniversary, so I have no idea. that's why we're, we're talking to jo- uh, yeah. Joseph. And uh, then we're going to have a weekly recap and follow-up items. So here we go with our first interview. And this time on the show, we have something a little bit different, and I say that almost every week, since we are getting such a, a, a plethora of different variety of things that we're talking about. And this time we have Susan Surftone, and she is a musician, singer, songwriter, uh, among other things. Um, so, oh, among <laughs> many other things. <laughs> many other things. Welcome to the show, Susan. <laughs> Hi, how are you? <laughs> so, tell us who who is Susan Surftone? That kind of that has kind of a ring to it. A ri- uh, but um, bum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting <laughs> name <laughs> too. Let's see. Uh, where, Did you lose your rim question. shot? There, here's my rim shot. That's. A, oh, I'll give you the best out. shot. Okay, that's a big question here. Who am I? I am a, a guitar player. I've been playing since I was nine years old. Wow. So that's oh, very nice. In my personality. Yeah, yeah. After the Beatles came over and Ed Sullivan. And uh, I'm a retired lawyer, and I'm a former FBI agent, um, wow. and I write political columns in the age of Trump. Ah, uh-huh. So I have, I have lots to do. <laughs> I have lots to write about. <laughs> lots to write about. <laughs> has, has and it... gives you new material every day. <laughs> every, every day. Oh, well, several times Wait, a day. Yeah, the, the gift that keeps on giving? <laughs> yeah, oh, God. Yeah. We, yeah we don't get... I don't know if you want to call it a gift, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We don't want to quite but, go uh, let, down let's, that let's, road. Let, yeah, let's stay out of the, <laughs> out, out of the, uh, the, the hot waters of politics. Yeah. Um, the music. Yeah, I call him. Well, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say the music is what really attracted me. 
Um, so you said you've been playing guitar since you were nine years old, and here you uh-huh. are. You're doing surf music, which I think is beginning to make some kind of a comeback in underground circles. How did you fall into that? Oh, it comes and it goes. There's there's um, three waves of surf music. The first wave when Dick Dale started playing at Dick Dale Adventures, those guys. Then there was a second wave in the late 70s when bands like the Ray Beats and John and the Night Riders and the Surf Raiders played. They, that, it didn't quite crest, shall we say, during the second wave. And then there was the third wave after Pulp Fiction uh, came out when Dick Dale's Miserloo was, was featured. Right. So it's and the third wave just has kept going. Now there's mm-hmm. like post third wave and it just keeps going. But um I had always liked it even though I grew up in Hudson, New York, which is on the Hudson River, not on any coastal city or you know, I didn't surf myself and I wasn't around surfers, but I heard songs like Wipeout and Pipeline and my guitar teacher um taught me some songs by the ventures that I really liked. So I got into the melodic nature of the music because I wasn't a singer. I didn't, I wasn't interested in being a vocalist at that point. And um, I had a very low voice for a girl, so I really kind of wasn't encouraged to sing a lot. <laughs> and um, George was my favorite Beatles because he didn't sing that much and played <laughs> yeah. lead guitar. Well, and played guitar. And my, yeah. and my um, favorite too. <laughs> yeah. And, um, but I did sing to Elvis Presley records and Beatle records when nobody was looking. Right. Um, and Rolling Stones. And um, that's how I kind of picked it up. It was um, guitar-based melodic music that I could play and I was exposed to when I was learning. And it just sort of stayed with me. I always liked it. And then uh, in the 90s, I think it was around 95, I had been in a lot of bands with uh, vocalists and vocalists come and go. And when vocalists come and go, sometimes you're left starting over because you know, you'll have a whole new sound in a way. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to do something that was a little more stable. So I figured, well, I'll try an instrumental band playing surf music, and the timing was right. So once in my life, the timing was right. And uh, We're still waiting for it, that. <laughs> yeah. For us. <laughs> for us. Yeah. It'll happen. It'll happen. And um, just keep going. It'll happen. Hopefully before and, I retire. <laughs> yeah, well, sometimes it's late, but, you know, <laughs> it'll yeah. happen. And then it was big over in Europe, too. Surf music was very big over in Europe. Yeah, and I got noticed by a label in Hamburg, Germany, of all places, wow. where the Beatles would play. Oh, and yeah. I signed with them. I signed with them, GD Music. And I ended up going over to Europe four times and played in the Reeperbahn and in uh, Hamburg, which was quite an experience because... I think it's all been kind of redone and sanitized a bit now, but when I went there, it was still sort of like when the Beatles were there. There mm-hmm. were still things left. Some were gone. Some were still there. Wow. And it was kind of, it was kind of fun. Yeah. Interesting. And, um, yeah, so we played at a club uh, where the Beatles did play. And How did that sat feel? In the bar where the Beatles... Where the, it felt, it, you know, you kind of... It felt... I went, I went to the club before we played, just so you could take it in, you know, mm-hmm. okay, here I am in this room where the Beatles played, and everything. So by the time that I played, I was kind of used to it, and it just, it felt, um, it felt good, actually, I have to say. We played a Beatles song, an instrumental called Cry for a Shadow, which was one of the songs they actually recorded in Hamburg before they were famous. Mm-hmm. And um, it was, it was kind of, 
you just had to, in a, in a way, almost disassociate so you could think about playing yeah. and not about where you were. Yeah, you know? right. And then kind of you thought about where you were afterwards. You know, yeah. Wow, I did that type of thing. Yeah. yeah. I, I could see that because yeah. I've heard of, uh, you know, like classical uh, musicians and uh, artists who've played like uh, – uh, there's one that I remember where they were filming the movie Amadeus and they were in the, the, the opera house in Prague where uh, Mozart debuted Don Giovanni and people began to cry. And it's like, so, so I kind of wonder, you know, with something like the Beatles, I mean, Hamburg, I mean, holy cow, that's, that's the, so the early days before they just became massive. I mean, the feeling of ghosts must have been really palpable. Yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah, you, you're right. You don't want to do that when you're playing yeah, because you don't need that kind of distraction. But I, I would admit that at times it must have been kind of tough to kind of keep that sense of focus. You just look up and you yeah. say, George, we, help me. Oh, please. <laughs> yeah, I've said that a lot. Yeah, John, help me. Yeah. <laughs> George, help me. John, help me. <laughs> <You know? laughs> a lot of stuff with the political big mouth that I've developed. It's like, what would John Lennon do? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what would John Lennon do in the age of Trump? Oh, oh my! Oh um, dear yeah. Lord! <laughs> He'd be would sleeping be naked on a Trump bed in front of the White House. <laughs> would he? Would there be an age of Trump if John Lennon? Had well, oh my true, word! You know? It boggles yeah. the mind. So I want yeah. I, I want to go back to your guitar playing. You touched on something that I just think is so exciting, and that is melodic playing. Because I think, you know, we've come out of this era where guitarists love to shred. And, you know, and I'm not saying that there right. isn't a place for it. I mean, it, it, has its, it has its places. You know, and there's some artists out there that just love to you know, just, just really riff like mad. But there's something really lovely about hearing a, a musician just actually play a melody. It doesn't matter if they're playing it slow or if they're playing it fast. But it's a tune that a person can, you know, keep in their heads as they walk out. I mean, what, what was it about melodic playing that attracted, uh, was attractive to you? Well, that I could do it. Ah. And back then, when I, when I was learning, music was different. A lot of music was different than it is today. You mm -hmm. didn't, don't forget, it was 1960, God, 1964. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm going to be 64 in October, so, oh, wow. you know. It's, you don't um, look it in your photo. No, you're just, you're just a little older than us, so. <laughs> yeah, I, it was just... So music was different. I was learning on different music where melody was there. I mean, there were those Beatles songs were melodic. Mm -hmm. Right. The leads were melodic. Even in the Stone stuff, you'd hear melody. You know, they were a little rougher R&B when they first started out, but there was still melody. Brian Jones' playing was beautiful. I oh, mean, he's yes. one of the most underrated guitars in the six, guitarists in the 60s, and the interaction mm -hmm. with Keith Richards was great. Mm, I agree. And you... you you didn't have all the the effects and the this and the that and all that. I don't play with effects. I don't use them. Mm -hmm. I just use the the Fender amp with the reverb and it's got some gain in it and that's it. No, yeah, but no. it's a Fender. I mean, please. <laughs> I I think when you have a Fender guitar and an amp, you have to go purist. Mm -hmm. And you know that that's it. I recently started playing because uh, they're a little bit lighter and they put it. Dan Electro put a nice series out with some old stock pickups. So I got a few of those, and I've been playing uh, with the Dan Electro lately. My next record that's coming out called Dicey After Dark. It'll be out in January. That I used the Dan Electro on a song, and that was that was kind of fun using a different guitar. But um, for the bass that I play, I play um, um, Hofner, a Beatle bass. Oh wow! And a McCartney bass, and um, 
I picked up a Fender Mustang, which is what Bill Wyman used to use in the Stones. How so I gu- go back to the vintage things. How many guitars do you have? I have... Um, let me count one, two... Oh, dear. <laughs> six. Six six regular guitars. Six guitars that are six-string regular guitars and two bass guitars. All right. Very you nice. Have, you have a bass, yeah. a mandolin. And, I have a bass. I have a mandolin. Guitars. How many? I've lost five, count. Five, I think. Okay, a mandolin. They're mostly acoustic. Yeah, they're, well, i got one electric, but uh, an electric six Dean Jazz. Uh, i got the bass. I've got my 12-string, uh, and I've got my six-string and my classical. Oh, well, we can't, no, can't forget the Celtic collection. harp. Oh, and the Celtic <laughs> harp. Yes, You've so got six. a Celtic harp? Yes. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, we'll jam someday. <laughs> that's just cool. Yeah. I mean, surf music with a harp. Is. I mean, let's, let's create a <laughs> yeah. brand new genre. Uh, Irish surf yeah. music. Irish surf music <laughs> or Celtic surf. A friend, a friend of mine plays a Celtic harp. I have yet to jam with her, so that, that would be interesting. But I've always wondered what they would sound like together. So. It could be far I'm out. A, I'm doing a show in... Uh, in L.A. at a uh, small place called Kulak's Woodshed in North Hollywood, and I'll be playing for the first time with a, a flutist, flautist, however you say it. Oh, wow. It. So we're doing, a, we're doing a song. It's kind of a new-agey thing, but it's got a beat to it. Kind cool. of a combination, uh, new-age, little, little rock edge to it. Yeah. And it's called Lava Walker. We've, like, rehearsed it once, and we're just going to kind of see what we get. It was, we're going to record it. The, the place has a... Pro Tools and everything, so we're going to record it with an eye towards releasing it. So, so it's a brave new world, so off this, I go. Is this a, a whole concert uh, that you're doing, or, and the, then this one song is featured, or is this just uh, a one-off? It's it's a bunch of us playing. It's called The name of the show is called Hanging With My Sisters, and it's um, four different uh, acts playing like short sets, you know, half hours, 25 minutes, half hour sets. Mm-hmm. And so then, she'll be joining me. Joanne Lazario is her name. She'll be joining me for uh, the song, and then she'll do some songs of her own. I also have a friend, um, Kristen Speller, is playing. I'll be playing a couple songs with her, backing her on guitar, and we have Kimberly Hayes, and uh, Vito will be joining her. We have one honorary male that's he's joining us. So, uh, he's so yeah. when, and is, when is this? It's uh, October 11th. October 11th. Oh, well, oh darn it. Darn. We, we'd, we'd come over because we're in Phoenix, but uh, we could be sisters. Uh, we are sisters. Yeah. Well, I think they're going to live stream it. I think they're going to live stream it, so I'll have, I'll have Mona send you the information. We can even we can sing the song. Sister. Oh, yeah. not that a song. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Not that song. I have to be the goofball, you know. Anyway. <laughs> well, that sounds kind of cool. I mean, yeah, I would love to be able to watch that. So it's a pity that it's on a Thursday because if that were a weekend, man, we would be there in a heartbeat. Yeah, it'll be you'll be on live stream, so we'll send you the info, and uh, you can go to Kulak's Woodshed. I think it's the the website, and all the information will be there. So, really, yes, really, I'm, I am playing. I am playing acoustic guitar and singing, which is so far out of my comfort zone that I'm not even thinking about it. I mean, it's just <laughs> so far, just not even thinking about it. Not even so. thinking about it. Yeah, well, you know, you I know, I wouldn't uh, I I wouldn't be too worried because I think women in music have really uh, started to um, carve more than just a niche for themselves. I mean, they they've really started to establish what they're capable of doing, and I've heard a variety of female voices that have been just 
in- incredibly amazing. So uh, I'm I'm sure that as as long as you're able to carry a tune, I'm sure that you're gonna just you're just gonna do just fine. And if I can, I'll cover it up with some guitar chords. There you go. So, you know. <laughs> Play a little louder. <laughs> play a little louder right here. Yeah. yeah just back, back away back, from back the mic. Back away from the mic and play a little louder. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, you said you had a new album out in January. And how many yeah. albums do you have? I, I noticed, my gosh, it was. Oh, God, I don't know. It was, I don't know. I, I, I didn't <laughs> oh, even. Yeah. I, I scrolled over once and then it, it just kept going and, on iTunes. I thought, oh, yeah. my Lord. <laughs> That's prolific. Well, I've I've been doing it since '95. My first one came out in 1995. Wow. And um, yeah, we I was well, we, we were Susan and the Surf Tones when we started, when it was a basically an instrumental surf band. And then I went through kind of a transition period. Some of those, those albums represent that, where I was starting to do play bass, starting to do more all on my own, and um, I I learned. I honed my bass skills playing Beatles songs. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, that's a that's a good. Um, we ended up yeah. We ended up releasing an album of uh, Beatles instrumentals because I was recording them in our home studio, and it's like, well, it's pretty good. I have to put guitar in this, and we just started building them. Before you know it, we had enough for a a, a record, so we released that, and it's kind of just a home recording. And the idea was that people would buy it. The arrangements are faithful to the Beatles versions. So I figure yeah, people buy this thing and throw it on their, you know, in their car and sing Beatles karaoke on the way to work, you know. Yeah, and there you go. Fun. And that one, that one sold out. So did our Velvet Underground. Wow. Uh, we did one that was a Velvet Underground Ooh. tribute, just all instrumental Velvet Underground tunes from the from the John Cale era, basically. But we did do Sweet Jane, and um, that was kind of done on a bet where a friend of mine said, you cannot possibly play instrumental versions of Velvet Underground songs. (laughs) Watch me. Want to bet? (laughs) Okay. And we did. And yeah, we did it. We did it. So there's some like, I I call them the the transitional records, Fluid Drive, Untitled 10. Those are kind of like the transition pieces. And then in 2011, I started working with a producer named Steve Kravak who had done some, he had been engineered for um, Blink-182 oh. and MXPX. And, yeah. And, um, yeah, he's got a gold record for, I think, the only punk album, um, what's it called, Punk and Drublick, that that actually got a gold record. He's got one hanging right there in his office. Wow. And um, he's, he's a great drummer. He's a great drummer. So we were able to... Uh, record with me playing everything but drums, and then he, he would play drums. So that's been the format that's followed me now through the Susan Surftone records. And I've worked with um, several, few different drummers, um, Brian Foxworth up in Portland and uh, Nick Vincent here in L.A. So that that's the formula now for recording. I do everything except the drums, and then these really cool drummers do the the drumming for me. Mm-hmm, cool. And the new record will be, the, the new record is the same way. It's um, done the same way. It's called Dicey After Dark. It's got some instrumentals on it. It's got some vocals on it. It's got some originals. It's got some covers. And instead of doing uh, Elvis this time, because I, I exhausted Elvis, I think, on the last record I did called Second to One, which is all Elvis. And um, I am trying Patsy Cline this time. This is the first time I've covered a female vocalist. Really? So we're going into, yeah, we're going into a brave new world here. And it was not easy, I'll tell you that. <laughs> did, okay, so when so you, you say I, doing Patsy Cline, I mean, are you giving... Her music, I mean, decidedly country. 
are you giving her some sort of a, you know like um, a bit of a surf sound to to her music? I, I, I gave I did one of her more obscure songs, and um, because I could never do one of her standards and be compared to her, because there was no way I could sing it all like Patsy Cline. But I did one of her um, more obscure songs, and yes, I did give it a little bit of a different feel. It's not it's subtle, but it's a, if you hear the original and then you hear mine, you hear what I did with it. So yeah, fascinating. It's got a little more of a swing to it, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Now earlier, you also so, you when you're talking about. Uh, working on the music, you said here in L.A. So I'm. It's safe to assume you are now based in the Los Angeles area. Mm-hmm. I'm in L.A. Yeah, I still have my place in Portland. So now, but I'm spending the majority of my time here in L.A. by by far. I, I go back to Portland, and, you know, for a few days. But I'm I'm not living in Portland now. I'm in L.A. So when you when you do performances, I mean, do you perform um, mostly in the L.A. area? I mean, do you have a, a tour circuit that you that you do from time to time? I haven't uh, done a tour in a long time. Um, I did a short tour in uh, May, and it was um, as a new age acoustic guitarist with a friend of mine, Darlene Koldenhoven. You probably know her if you saw the Sister Act movies. Mm-hmm. She's the tall nun with. She's the tall nun with the tambourine. Oh, okay. <laughs> and um, yeah, so she's she's into new age music now. So I bought. She made me buy this acoustic guitar, which is really quite beautiful. It's zebra wood, and I really like it. And I'll be using it at Kulaks. And um, I did uh, back her up in uh, the Midwest. I had never been to the Midwest before, so yeah. I got to see Chicago, where she's from. Then we went into Wisconsin. That was loads of fun and then um <laughs> you got that and then, and then we, i, just I to see why it's a good thing this. you it's a good thing that you yeah. didn't go down to the southern midwest for, for where i'm from wanted, you know, I, I grew up in oklahoma i went across that border it's just i just wanted to take them and scream at them, why did you do this <laughs> yeah. you know, I, kept my, I kept my mouth shut i mean was, i was good and then we went down to um New Orleans for the the DMR his own awards and Darlene won one so that was fun. Oh, cool. nice! And then we, then we yeah. came back here. Yeah. New Orleans is um, a, a fun city. I mean, it it, it can be a lot of there. fun. One of these yeah. days, one of these days, I'll find myself there. But so, but um, how often yeah. do you perform? And when you when you do perform, uh, is it mostly in the LA area then? It'll be yeah 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 mostly. Cool. Well, that's nice because uh, the next yeah. time we're down in Los Angeles there, and I mean we go there a lot. Uh, would love to see you perform sometime. We're we're getting okay, more I'll, more I'll people that we know in L.A. than yeah, we know, know yeah, no, yeah, yeah, no more yeah. people in Southern Cal than any place else. Yeah, I'll let you know. So cool. yeah, it, it's probably sporadic, but you know, I haven't planned any tour yet or anything like that. We'll see. But um, you never know. That's kind of what I think. I never knew I'd be sitting there with an acoustic guitar singing. I, right. you know, so I always have learned to say never, say never. So. Well, we'll get you a Celtic harp. How's that? Yeah. <laughs> well, I wish you would. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> Okay, so uh, for people who want to know more about you and, and your music, I mean, any, any website... Uh, I mean, Keith earlier said that he saw a lot of your music on iTunes, so we know that it can be purchased there. But where can they learn mm-hmm. a, more about Susan Surftone? 
all things about all, Susan Surftone. All things, all things about me, just go to my website, which is Susan Surftone, all one word, all lowercase, no caps, uh, .com. Just, or Google me and you'll find it. That'll be the first thing that'll come up. Just Susan Surftone. The whole sorted story is there. All my political rantings are there. The music's there, and that's it. And any social any social media presence like Facebooks, Twitters, Instagrams? Uh, Twitter, yeah, mostly Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Susan Surftone. Everything Susan Surftone. It's easy. That way I can remember it. And I don't <laughs> think many people are using it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it, you don't have to worry about getting variations on that one. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's, it's easy. Well, this so. has been really oh, this exciting. This was delightful. It's been a lot of fun. This was delightful talking to you, and mm-hmm. uh, and and I, I seriously would love to watch you perform sometime. I mean, I know you're going to send us that link for the live stream, mm-hmm. but would just love for one day to actually come out to a club that you're performing at in, in the LA area on a weekend, and so we can catch you live. Okay. I, I would love to see you All sometime. Right. All right. Well, thank well, you. Well, live shows will be at, they'll be on the website. I always put everything up as soon as it's booked. So cool. you know, keep an eye on the website, and that's that's the, probably the quickest place to see what I'm doing. Nice. Cool. Well, thank you for being on the show this time, Susan Surftone. Well, thank you. It was a lot of fun. Hi, this is Queen Karishma, and you're listening to the Two Gay Geeks. That never gets old. <laughs> I know. I love Queen Karishma. Yes, that's wonderful. Here's a few selected birthdays for October 8th through October 14th, 2018. October 8th, Sigourney Weaver. Hi, Hi I'm, I'm Sigourney, Sigourney Weaver. Weaver from <laughs> Finding, Finding Dory. Dory. <laughs> yes. Chevy Chase. And I had to put this one in here just because it was, it was, it was so strange. It's Zog of Albania. He was actually the king of Albania uh, until 1939 when the Italians under Mussolini invaded, and wow. then he was uh, run out of the, the country. So uh, he was, I can't remember his uh, original name, but he became known as Zog of Albania. So there Zog. is a Zog. Zog. Zog, yes. Zog, no. <laughs> what do you mean? That's a Babylon 5 joke. Yeah. And October 9th. John Lennon, Scott Bakula, Brian Blessed. I was going to back up and say Brian Blessed, <laughs> Guillermo del Toro, Camille Saint Saëns, Ram Das, who was a uh, a famed guru of the Sikh uh, religion, and Carl Schwarzschild, who discovered the Schwarzschild uh, element uh, around black holes. Oh, so. And also, friend of ours, Brian Hughes. October 10th, Ben Vereen. What a talent. <laughs> yeah. And Manu Bennett and Joe Green, uh, most commonly known by his uh, Italian name, uh, Giuseppe, Giuseppe Verdi. Verdi. Yes. <laughs> and Michael Giacchino. Who could be Verdi if he really wanted <laughs> Absolutely. to. Absolutely. And Ed Wood. And friend of ours, Jeffrey Niederauer. October 11th, Dawn French. The Vicar of Dibley. She is fabulous. Lover. October 12th, Luciano Pavarotti, Josh Hutcherson, and Rafe Von Williams. October 13th, Marie Osmond and David Burkett. What about his brother? Uh, well, I. Uh, 
Yeah, I guess uh, Mark. But we're not friends. Oh, <laughs> so I didn't see Mark's birthday, and I forgot. <laughs> yeah, David Briquette's got it. He, you know, he yeah, has an identical brother. twin who coincidentally has the same birthday. Yeah. Imagine that. How about that? October fourteenth, Roger Moore. Harry Anderson, the late Harry Anderson. Yes, uh, just I'm heartbroken recently over that. I'm, I'm Harry really Anderson. heartbroken over that. I love yeah. the guy, Justin Hayward and Mary Jean Starr. Oh, she's amazing. Happy birthday, Mary Jean! And that's it for the birthdays this time. Technorama, the podcast for geeks, because geeks are better than cool. You don't hear someone say, get away from me, you cool person. Who's going to have their 65-inch home theater system installed by the cool squad? Not me, that's for sure. How much cool cred do you have? Not enough to care about. Think you'll find any canned unicorn meat at thinkcool.com? It's It's just just a a part part domain domain name. name. They don't even have roadkill in a paper cup. That's why you need to start listening to Technorama, because that's what geeks do. Go to chuckchat.com and listen to Technorama before you turn cool. Go give a listen to our friends Chuck and Craig, Craig, Chuck and Craig over at Technorama. Yeah, I messed up Craig's name because he messes up all the other names. Oh, that's a good rationalization. <laughs> there we go. And now, what time is it? It's time for our feedback. Uh, yes, and just a wee bit of feedback. We only have one thing this week. And uh, this is in regards to a review we did, Herein Lies the Horror of Being a Lost Child. And we got a Twitter reply from Lost Child, the movie. And they simply said, this made us cry. This meant the world to us. Thank you. And if you want to know what they're talking about, check out the review for this film. We will have the link for that in our show notes at tggeeks.com. It's really a great film. And we want to hear from you, our listeners, about anything in our shows and we want to hear from the people that just read our website too so if you want to comment on anything that we say or do or have done in the show you can do that on each article for in the show notes you can comment on our facebook page on any of the articles on twitter on instagram uh and my my no we don't have my space page no uh or you can even – we do actually have the uh, listener feedback line. Oh, imagine oh, that. Oh, imagine that. What, what's that number? 469-TG-GEEKS. That is 469-844-3357. And remember, please play nice. I got my sounds out of order. New new soundboard. <laughs> so ah. I, I didn't include one, and then I played one in the incorrect order. So we uh, learned by doing. Yep. So now we're going to talk to Joseph Gexiola. So, and this time we have another treat. We have done so many interviews recently of things that are 
outside of what we normally do. We have a guest with us in studio. We're, we're doing another one from the Double Tree, Tree by Hilton, Hilton in, in North, North Phoenix. Phoenix from CocoCon 2018. And this is, we really had an opportunity to sit down with a bunch of folks at the hotel. And this time we have Joseph Gaxiola. Correct. You got and it. He is the chairman of the board of the Joshua Tree Feeding Program. He's also on the con committee for CocoCon. He's Correct. done a little bit of this and a little bit of that. So, Joseph, tell us tell us about who you are and and how did you wind up in Phoenix and how did you wind up with Joshua Tree and tell us. And how the hell did you become a friend of Jeannie Koch? Yeah. Because that's how we met <laughs> yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, that's how we did we meet. Um, well, I'm actually, believe it or not, a, a Zony native. I'm an Arizona, born in Arizona, in a little mining town in eastern Arizona called Marenzi, Arizona. Wow, you're one of the few. One of the few. It's a copper mining town in eastern Arizona, four and a half hours away, so, east of Phoenix. Oh, so it. Is it close to to Bisbee? No, no, it's no, not, not oh, at so, all. So you are the true copper queen, literally. <laughs> That's not a Bisbee. There's your rim shot. There's your. There you go. No, um, my ex Scott <laughs> in San. It's okay. My ex Scott in San Diego had the perfect de- description of that. He goes, "You drive to the middle of nowhere, which is Safford, Arizona. You, <laughs> you make a left and drive another forty-five miles, and then you get to Morancy." There I know for go. a second there I thought I was gonna I, I'm hearing Bugs Bunny in my head you know I should have taken a left at Albuquerque close to it because <laughs> Marenzi is 30 miles from the New Mexico border well there wow. you go then wow yes wow. so that that's why you uh, like green chilies so yeah I, I love wonder, green chilies yes. because you don't find a lot of people in, in Phoenix that are very familiar with no. really good green yeah. chilies. Not so, in yeah. Phoenix because virtually everybody is a transplant. Yeah, exactly. Basically, yeah. So, but yeah. I, I I lived in Marenzi my first six years, seven years, and then I moved to Phoenix from seven to twenty, and then from twenty to thirty-five I lived in San Diego, California, and then I moved back from thirty-five to now, and I'm forty-seven. Oh. Well, so I moved back home, in other have, words. You didn't have to say I, you know, how old I'm, you are. Considering you know, of what I went through in my life, I'm yeah. very proud that I'm still alive at absolutely, 47. Absolutely. There you go. So the, how did you get involved with Joshua Tree? Well, in, I got involved with Joshua Tree when I first moved back. In should, two, we, should we explain what Joshua Tree is? Yeah, I should yeah. say, yeah. yeah. Joshua Tree yeah. Feeding Program, and we'll call it Joshua Tree uh, quite often, but it's technically Joshua Tree Feeding Program, is a food pantry for the HIV community here in Maricopa and Pinal County. Wow. Um, we That's are open great. up every Wednesday for adult clients, and we're actually set up kind of like a store. I call it a food pantry mm-hmm. instead of a food bank. Most food banks, you get up, come in, sign in, get a box, and you leave, and you're stuck with whatever you have. Yeah, but uh, we've seen your, we've seen what you, you guys have. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no, yeah. you actually, you actually oh, yeah, took when us you through. Came, yeah, when you came in, yeah, and and it's a, it's like a store. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Our clients pick and choose what they want. I mean, I talk say is like if you don't want to, if they don't want to pick up the green beans, they don't have to pick up the green mm-hmm. beans. That's how yeah. come we found out that we have like almost a two dozen. Um, vegetarian, so they don't pick up meat. So whenever right. we get anything vegetarian or gluten, we have a couple people who have celiac disease. 
if anything that's gluten free or anything that's vegetarian based, we put those aside for them. You won't find that out if it's a food bank and you get a box. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, and we have lots of bread, lots of we we go for the fresh produce. Oh, the variety ours. that you guys have there. Oh my gosh. And it really I was so incredibly impressed. Yeah. And, and the 97 pallets of, what was the, the beverage? Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> See, when, when the office is closed, the phone, if you call up Joshua Tree Feeding Program, the phone comes, it gets transferred to me on my cell phone. Well, it was a Saturday morning. I got a phone call from a company that they couldn't officially donate to us. So I'm, not gonna, I'm just going to say it's a sparkling water beverage. Ah. And they had a festival, and they had leftovers, and they wanted to know if they could donate the leftovers to us. I'm like, not a problem. Seven pallets later. And that's how many bottles? Um, 72,000. Well, basically, because <laughs> each pallet weighed a ton. Oh, my Because God. everything that comes in, we sort and weigh. Wow. Because we are now through St. Mary's Food Bank Alliance part of feeding america so we oh, pick cool. up from grocery stores now six days a week oh cool so that we've got a lot of fresh produce we this time of the year in the summer there's not much fresh produce right, right. so we do more of the cans but when we during the fall winter and spring when a lot of fresh produce is out there we stay away from the cans mm-hmm. wow and so you you do buy the pound because i know that uh, when we've donated you yes you weigh everything we weigh everything and how many clients have you served? I know that you have some some statistics. Yes, I mean in my head, ball, yes. ballpark. You know, you, if unless you know specifically um, uh, for last year, I know specifically for last year. This year, I could give you a rough estimate, but for last year, we um, had almost it was six thousand seven hundred and eighty nine clients wow. in one year. And like wow. I said, we're open every, every Wednesday, mm-hmm. but gave out 180,000 pounds of food wow. for 2017. Good grief. So that's 6,700 6, clients could have been, some of them could have been repeat clients. Oh, but, yeah. 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 No, these but are all mean, repeat clients because they could come in once a week. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, when but it comes you served to, that many people or, or that many on Wednesdays, yeah, how, many, it, how many ever you do on a Wednesday? For it all out of that we, 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 yeah. we call it a unique clients, and that's the first time somebody comes. We have clients who show up um, just around the holidays because right. we give out hams and turkeys right. for the holidays. Um, so the first time somebody comes in, we call them a unique client. They could come in multiple times. Like I said, they could come in right. once a week. Um, when it comes to unique clients... For 2017, we had 411 clients. Wow. That is incredible. incredible. That's amazing. And then an average client takes home um, just under 35 pounds of food. Wow. So that's a little over five days of food that they get mm, that's every week. That's wonderful. How did you get and involved? Because that was your original question. How did you get yeah. involved? With I got Joshua involved Tree? when I moved back here. I heard of the organization because I used to belong to. I, I used to be a drag queen. <laughs> and I heard. Yes. <laughs> or. Uh, or <laughs> yeah, same thing. Take your pick. <laughs> Take your pick. It depends on if it's before or after the show. I was going <laughs> to say. <laughs> um, but I used to do drag. I still do, but not as often. I don't have a monthly show anymore. But. Um, 
we and raised what's money. her name? My drag name is Jaji. J-A-G-I. It's my initials. Okay. Uh, we just put an I at the end of it to feminize it because who wants to have a drag queen named Jag? <laughs> <laughs> and this is before the TV show came out. Because I've been, I've been doing drag since 1996. Oh, my. Okay. <laughs> But um, so I. That's longer than I've been alive. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Is there an eye roll on that thing? <laughs> Almost. There should be. It's an... <laughs> yeah, that, that, that. I would go with that one. <laughs> so I heard about this organization by. I'm a fundraising drag queen. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so I'm more likely, I don't do the pageants. Um, I'm, I'm more likely to raise money for an organization, for mm-hmm. a nonprofit. So I heard about Joshua Tree, and so I started raising money for him. Um, the group I used to belong to was the Imperial Court of Arizona. And right. um, the Prince Royale, I was Princess Royale in Reign 3, and the Prince Royale of Reign 3, him and I started a new fundraiser called the Hee Haw. Literally based off of the TV show oh, from dear. the 70s. Oh, we even had piles of hay that people would pop up oh, and do no. horrible, horrible jokes. Oh, no. So that was always for Joshua Tree. Right. And that ran, I think, about three or four years that they did that annually. Right. And so I got involved with them that way. In 2008, um, I got sick. Now, let me preface that real quick. I've been HIV since November of 1999. Mm-hmm. Wow. And Joshua Tree Feeding Program is a food pantry for the HIV community. Mm-hmm. But I'd never had any problems. Aside from stomach issues, because you know, I eat, and right. I'm not supposed to eat what I'm supposed, you know, right. what I like. Yeah. But I eat. Um, but in 2008, I got this little thing that's in that's in the Sonoran Desert called Valley Fever. Oh, oh yes, boy. yes. That took me down. Yeah. Because it took wow. them, um, about seven months to find. Oh it. heck, it messed me up. Yeah. I can, you know, yeah. to, to someone who has a, uh, who's HIV positive, I can't even begin to imagine what it would do to them. So yes. basically, I could no longer work. I can no longer work because mm-hmm. I get tired too quickly. I, right. For people who don't know, valley fever is a spore that's in the dirt here that uh, almost 70% of the people who live in the Sonoran Desert has it, but yeah. it stays dormant. Right, right. They don't know what triggers it to turn into a fungus, and it's right. a fungus that's in your lungs. Mm-hmm. took them a long time to find it from me, so a quarter of my lungs is filled. Oh, so right. I equate with everybody out there who doesn't know about it. It's like having really bad asthma. Yes. Right. I get very tired very easily. Yes. You know, That's, afternoon naps we are all my friend now. Oh, yeah, exactly. We, we Everyone has it. it yeah. yeah. You get stuck in a dust storm during monsoon oh, season. Yeah. Been there, there done go. that. You get it. Yeah. So I could no longer work at a corporate job. Mm-hmm. Because I was just getting too tired. Right. You know, corporations don't like it when you take a you know a two hour nap. Yeah. Nope. You know, <laughs> yeah, they, they kind don't. of frown on that. Yeah. We're, we're not in Spain. There's no siestas. <laughs> no siestas here. here. No siestas here. No. <laughs> but um, so I got involved with them. I started off volunteer as a client, and I'm too much of an A type personality, as you kind of introduced me. You know, being involved with everything I'm in, and right. And so I started volunteering. Started mopping and sweeping the floors. Got on the board of directors as a co-fundraiser because drag queen mm-hmm. and worked my way up doing other jobs. And for the last five years, I became chairman of the board of Joshua Tree. And I just got reelected back in July for my sixth, my sixth and seventh um, term because wow. we run two-year terms. Wow. That's so, amazing. They're stuck with me for well, at least yeah, seven more well, years. Well, you, you do a lot. I mean, I see you constantly posting 
that you're you're doing this and you're doing that. Yeah, you're, you're very hands on. Just oh. constantly doing something. I mean, there's some event or there's, you know, you're doing your pickups because you do the pickups uh, yeah. for the most part, and you know, it just it, it's amazing the the amount of work that it takes to run that that food pantry or that store mm-hmm. for customers once a week. Yeah. It's a lot of work. It, it is a lot of work, but it's but it, 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 it's 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 necessary. It's, it's needed. Necessary. It's needed. I yeah. mean, yeah, you know, especially when I before I got heavily involved and became part of the organization, and I was just a client. That was uh, my food, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, I had I was dating Edward at the beginning. You know, that was the, literally the beginning of our relationship, and you know he had a, he had a job, so he had food, but you know. A lot of times, money was tight. If it wasn't for Joshua Tree, we weren't eating mm-hmm. the full week mm-hmm. because of that. Wow. Um, right now, 85% of my food comes from Joshua Tree. Yeah. We're all, all volunteer. Nobody gets paid. I don't get anything. Right. I mean, the, uh, You're that, still a cl- client, though. I'm so. still a client. I, yeah, trust <laughs> yeah. me. I still have a client. I, I get food from there. And I, but I do, being chairman... I do joke around and saying it's like when we and since we pick up from grocery stores, we get things like you know, lamb steaks. Yeah, you know from the Safeway lamb is the, for Joseph, and I and they know, and I'll say that's mine. You know, two weeks ago we had a pineapple upside down cake. I have not, I can't remember the last time I saw it. I saw a pineapple upside down mm-hmm. cake. That's not in in vogue now. No right. one makes that anymore. I'll make you one. <laughs> well, he, he makes good. Ass. Oh, Keith makes good ones. <laughs> well, then I'm coming over to your place. Seriously, yeah. he makes really good pineapple upside well, down cake. It came in from fries, and I'm like, that's mine. Yep. That's 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 when I pull in, you know, chairman stuff. Right. And, and Joshua Tree uh, is celebrating its thirtieth year. Yes, Currently. we are. Yes, that, that's thirty. No, that starting. is that is so respectable. That an organization uh, that that provides a service for the community, the fact that it has been around for you know coming up to thirty years now, yeah. that that really kind of says something as to its not just its success, but the drive that is behind it. Right? Correct. Yes. Um, in October, it started in October of nineteen eighty-eight. So That's in amazing. October, we'll be doing actually our thirtieth anniversary. Um, gala will be in November because we don't want to fight against Halloween. Right. You know, the, the unofficial national gay holiday. Yeah, exactly. But it one was, of them. Exactly, one of many. <laughs> it's like, oh, look, somebody <laughs> dropped a sequin party. <laughs> but um, so we're, we did, we're doing lots of events to celebrate, Good. I mean, 30 years. Um, amazing. Though. I've done research on how it started. It literally started by three people in somebody's apartment. And, and he basically, his pantry, he opened it up. Mm-hmm. Right. And it went and it's grown to what it is today. And there's, it's one of the few organizations still in Phoenix that, is, that serves the HIV community that has been around forever. Um, yes, we are. There's actually, I believe... Three of us that are right. that are within nine months have celebrated our thirtieth anniversary, wow. and there's a, that's um, Phoenix Shanti, right? I remember Southwest Shanti. Center for right. HIV/AIDS and Joshua Tree. Wow, and I believe those are the oh, and Tara. So there's four. Sorry, yeah. I stand corrected. There's four. That's literally so. It's in 1988 and 87 and 88. The Phoenix um, LGBTQ community 
really got together and changed yeah. things on their own. I remember when I moved uh, to Phoenix the first time 25 years ago, those organizations were still going on. And there were, there were a lot of organizations. Yeah. But, you know, you heard about Shanti and you heard uh-huh. about Joshua Tree and, you know, a couple of the others. And the rest of them have uh, come and gone. For, yeah. and, but th- this is a, a testament to what Joshua Tree is doing and the mission that they are serving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and one of the things I recently found out, which is good, don't it's a good thing and a bad thing. We are one of the few organizations in the state that is actually a um, a PWA or nonprofit. We are people with AIDS running for an organization for people with AIDS. Mm-hmm. Wow! And that was something that always happened in the eighties and the early nineties. Yeah, right. If it was the, our own HIV community who grouped yeah, together, you're right. And yeah, there's there's something kind of sad about the fact that it's. I mean, it's it's great that it's still being run, but there's something kind of depressing at the fact that it still has to be that way. Yes. Yeah. You know, you would well, have I hoped think... that with education and an understanding that more that that maybe people that that don't have age, you know, they would help to step up and and help run organizations like Joshua Tree for those for those people who do, because despite that. That uh, you know the the popular myth that was so prevalent in the eighties and even early early nineties. I mean, anybody can get it. Oh yeah, yeah. This is it's not the gay disease. No, no, yeah. no, not anymore. I mean, yeah. But the stigma is out still out there. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Unfortunately, just the stigma, the stigma still out there. It's yeah. being HIV positive. Yeah. And the but the medication, the medicine, and the research that has been done yeah. uh, currently, and is uh, it, it's amazing. I mean, how yeah, there's some been people some fabulous. Depending uh, on if you can take oh, the yeah. medication, yeah, you can virtually be, you know, clear if you yeah. will. Yeah, but you like know. I said, I've been positive since November of '99. Yeah. Um, back then, my doctor told me that. He could either put me on a regimen of medication and I could live for the next five years, or he could make the next six months comfortable for me. Wow. Yeah, because it back just, then the cocktail wasn't very good. No, no. and it was only a life expectancy of five years. Yeah. Wow. And look how far it's gone. Yeah. I mean, I'm 19 years. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. You know, yeah. That's truly amazing. Yes. Yeah, so so I, did, I did want to say one other thing about Joshua Tree. Yes. It's, it's not only... Uh, the food pantry for the people. No, it's not. Uh, we have a pet food program. That's right, yeah, because you know so many people have pets but aren't able to take care of them. They correct. can't afford it. Yeah, we found because out in, in cat food is expensive. So is dog food too. And yeah. dog food, I think, eat dogs eat more than cats. <laughs> they do, <laughs> yes, especially they if do. you have the bigger ones. Yeah. yeah. But we found out that our clients were giving the meats that we were giving them and. F- Cooking it and giving them to their animal, their pets, because that's our fur babies. Mm-hmm. Right. So every other week we give out free dog and cat food. Oh, and then I love you guys for that just alone. Yeah, yeah. And now we also have a toiletry area, mm-hmm. so you know, shampoo, conditioner, toothpaste, toothbrushes, yeah. um, and a vitamin little vitamin shop that we have a homeopathic doctor that comes in and she makes sure that everything's you know within code, nothing's too expired. As well as the fact that there are some uh, vitamins out there that you can't take with your HIV meds. Right. right. So she goes through it every so often and just cleans it out. Or And if you ever look at it, next time you guys come in, I have to show you. Because she came in and she redid that closet. It looks like an apothecary. Oh, and she really? She labeled That's everything. Wonderful. 
you know, men's health, women's health, and because the, iron the one time you like took that. us through, I went, it, I was impressed with even how yeah. that section looks. Yeah. So no, it looks better now. Wow. She did a great For job. For anybody that wants to know about Joshua Tree and how they might donate or become involved, how, how can, can they, they do, do that? that? Do you have well, something on the intertube? Yeah, any, any, uh, a website. We have a website. It's um, jtfp.org. Um, we also have a Facebook page. Oh, you're on the Facebook. We, we are on the Facebook. We're on, we are on the Facebook, the Twitter, and the Instagram. What about MySpace? No. Oh, okay. No. We, we had a YouTube channel, but... Okay. Yeah, it was kind of weird. weird. <laughs> I made... A bit of a downer? No, no, no. It's not that. It's like I made three videos of, you know, of me first talking about Joshua Tree, and then the other two were like talking to volunteers, because like I said, we're all volunteers. But it just was like, really, I can't really do anything else. So we're just, what's the point? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you can't, you know, because we fall under HIPAA laws. Right. Yes. No showing the clients. No, that's right. Right, right. So there's, there's patient privacy. Exactly. So what can I do? Yeah. You know, I could walk around with my video camera and say, look at the food. Okay. Now that was a minute and a half. Yeah. What now? <laughs> dee, 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 dee. Exactly. So we no longer do the video YouTube part, but we do have videos on our Facebook page right. and stuff like that. And you also have on the website, there is an opportunity to do a monthly uh, gift program or monthly Mo- monthly donation, donation, which yes. you guys are part of. Thank yes. you very much. I, get I, that I think I was the one that, I was, the I one was on the push that. If it wasn't for you, we would not have that. It's through PayPal. Yeah. And, and it's thank a you lot for easier that. to do yeah. to set up a monthly rather than give you, you know, a hundred dollars right now, you exactly. know, well, we wouldn't say no to that to either, yeah, but, but still, yeah. You know, but it's, I get that um, email the first of every month. It's like, yep. you know, Keith sent you your monthly donation. I'm like, oh, I yeah. think of the guys. I'm like, oh, thank you, guys. <laughs> well, thank you, Joseph, for being with yes. us. This has been oh, a really great I conversation. Had a great time, so. Thank you. Finally. Yeah. yeah no kidding. Finally. I know. I've known you guys for how long? Oh, gosh. Uh, since we've all known Jeannie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Actually, I, I think I knew her a couple of years before you did. You but did. That's, either, that's we're not doing that kind of a thing. Yeah, it's not, not a competition. No, 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 it's not. Not for her love. No. <laughs> you, you can have her love. <laughs> I, I traveled with her. You can have her love. <laughs> okay, should I be scared? <laughs> no, but I tr- trust me, when she hears this, I'm going to get a text message. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks a lot for being with us, Joseph. Right. Thank you, guys. All right. I'm Daniel Ratcliffe, and I believe that reaching out for help is the bravest thing a person can do. If you are struggling and need support, call the Trevor Lifeline at 1-866-488-7386. It's free and confidential, and trained counsellors are there to listen 24-7 without judgment. To learn more about the Trevor Project's life-saving work for lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, or questioning young people, go to thetrevorproject.org. Well, this is supposed to be our weekly review segment, but but we just don't know because we're recording this episode actually out of order. Yeah, (laughs) so hence some of our confusion. (laughs) Yeah, and uh, we we we're because we are actually in uh, Disneyland, or well, we're in Disneyland. We're in Disneyland last weekend for uh, Disneyland. 
we're actually seeing Coco and at the Ragged Castle and Disneyland. I know. And it's seeing friends and yeah, God, we're confused. We're, yeah, we're we're going to be busy. So anyway, uh, that's it for the rest of it. So we could just have our follow up items. Check out the widgets on the right hand side of the page. There's lots of good stuff that we support uh, causes. Uh, books and stuff to buy from people that we know, uh, supporters of Arizona Opera. Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. the season has started and it's gotten it's off amazing. with a bang! Absolutely incredible. Check out our restaurant reviews, it's a new category that we've got. And everybody knows we are huge supporters of independent creators, film book, film, film books, comic makers, and Filmmakers, comic book artists, and writers, and other. Yeah, there we go. Please support independent creators by buying their stuff. Yeah, special shout out to Doctor Who Talking Who on Twitter, Michael C. Burgess on Twitter, Human Arkle on Twitter. They all have paper leaves that we publish our content. Doctor Who Talking Who's is the Doctor Who Fancast Guide. Find it by going by searching at Talking Who. Michael C. Burgess's is the Byronics Semidiurnal Aggregator. You can find him on Twitter at Byronick, B-Y-R-O-N-I-K. And the Human Arkles is the Arkle Times Post-Dispatch News. You can find him on Twitter by searching at Arkle, A-R-K-L-E. And speaking of Arkle, he has on YouTube the Arkle Studios channel, and that's where you can find the shameless cash grab. Look it up. And, oh, that's yours. Oh, yes, and we have the, uh, the Facebook group, <laughs> The Gay Geek. Thank you for allowing us to post our episodes on their page. URL is facebook.com slash group slash The Gay Geek, with special thanks to Jeremiah Reeves, their moderator, for allowing us to share our content there. Yes, thank you, Jeremiah. And thank you to everybody that has clicked on our Amazon ads. We really appreciate that. We got them on the right-hand side of the page and at the bottom of each article. And lastly, we can now be found on Spotify and check us out on Krypton Radio at 3 a.m. and 3 p.m. Pacific Time. And please rate us and review us on iTunes. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. And next time, we got several things in the can. We've got lots that we can run. So uh, stay tuned and tune in next week. Okay, that should do it for this episode of TG Geeks Webcast. Be sure to check out the article for this webcast episode. We're going to have several links on the page of things we talked about. And remember, you can comment on our Facebook page or our website, tggeeks.com, or you can leave us a voicemail at 469-TG-Geeks. That is 469-844-3357. From TG Squared Studios, I'm Keith Lane. Thanks for listening. Please be kind to yourself and those around you. Peace. Cheers. <laughs>